How's everybody doing this morning? Good? This looks a little different up here. Um, it's going to be an exciting day. We got, we got a different type of sermon this morning. Pastor Andrew, his middle son, ma got married yesterday. All right? So, <clears throat> we partied all night. I'm just kidding. No. Um, so he couldn't be here this morning, uh, but he'll be back next week. So you get me for a second time, all right? But hang on in there. One more week left, and then Pastor Andrew's right back up here, okay? Don't think you're stuck with me. <laughs> you know the drill. Um, today's going to be a special day because we're going to start the sermon series titled One Story. All right? This is important to us because who, who likes to hear a good story? I, w I, was told by, I was told by one of my mentors a long time ago that whoever tells the best story wins. That's no pressure to the guys that are going to be telling stories up here this morning. But I do believe that God has given me a gift that I take anything in of something that happens and I'm able to, to, to kind of tell it a little bit different. All right? Not, not in the untruthful way, but I am able to spice things up a little bit and see things in stories that, that help me get a message across. So we thought, what best way to start the one-story sermon series here at GLC than by telling our own story as a church and how God brought us all here. You, you might have noticed this, but coming off our highest attended week last week here in Matthews, we get to come in today and tell our story. Listen, we are a blessed church. I'm not, that's not a bragging statement, Okay. There, I believe there are blessed church movements around the area. And I can't speak for them. But I can speak for this place and say that there is a blessed movement of God happening within Greater Life Church. And that is something to celebrate. One of the things I love is that God constantly surpasses our expectations. And some, sometimes that drives us a little crazy. Because we have our expectations and we just want God to meet them. But if God always met your expectations, he will never have the opportunity to surpass them. So it is important for us to just, to just kind of flow with this thing with God and, and just know that he's involved to a level. And I, as we tell the stories today, I want you to just kind of allow yourself to understand that maybe you're going through something difficult, but your, your story is being written as well. And it too could be impactful. You'll hear stories up here of people that... We're in great places, then we're, you know, life took a different turn, and then God brought them all the way back, and, and, and you'll see all the things. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, because I'm kind of excited about my, I, I got to tell my story at the end. Yeah, could you imagine? How am I supposed to do that, right? I'm ready to go. One thing we do here at GLC is towards the end of every year, we, we're like, we, we believe in excellence around here, all right? I'll, I'll tell you, Vince Lombardi said, we will pursue perfection, which we cannot achieve. But he said, in the process, we hope to gain excellence. And we, we believe in, 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 in being excellent at what we do for God. We don't take that for granted. Here at our DLC, every year, the church sets these goals for the next coming years. Towards the end of the year, around October or November, we get together and our staff puts together these goals for our church. These goals help us set kind of like the vision for the next year of Greater Life Church. This is important to us because to us, how can you improve something you can't measure? You don't measure, right? In order to improve something, you need to measure it to a certain level. 
So we do this thing called the SMART goals here at GLC. SMART goals stands for spiritual, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. I don't have the time to break all those down to you, okay? But let me share with you some of the 2022 SMART goals that we have for this year so far. And maybe you could, you could celebrate with us a little bit. Our church-wide attendance, our SMART goal for this year was 725 people. What that meant is that we were hoping to have 725 people rotating through all the GLC campuses, okay, including this one. We have already surpassed 800, and we're in traction to surpass 900 people this year, okay? Give God praise for that, okay? Our financial budget was set at $1.5 million for this year. Our actual budget is already at 1.1, and we're on track to hit over $1.6 million this year. Give God praise for that. Our missions giving, and I'm going to steal Mike's thunder a little bit here, but only a little bit, Mike, only a little bit. We set our missions budget is usually 10% of our, of, our, of our financial budget at $150,000. Our actual today is one seventy. dollars Okay, and we're on track to do over $280,000 in missions giving this year. <clears throat> we also, uh, salvations, rededications, water baptisms, and spirit baptisms. We set a goal of 100 total this year in 2022. You're like, Moises, that's kind of low. I know. Now that I look at the numbers, I'm like, yes, you're right. That is kind of low. We set it at 100. So far, we're at 153, actually 160, right? And we're on track to do about 300. God is doing something special, and we can't miss it. These aren't bragging numbers, all right? We have to give God credit where it's due. I, have, you, have you met people that like to be a little bit too pessimistic? I'm on the other side, way over there, okay? If you're going to bring some negativity my way, man, I'm not, we won't have a long conversation because I'm, I'm like on the almost stupid optimistic side, all right? Because that's how, my God is that way. He, he steps in when, we, when I least expect it. God is doing some amazing things in this church. And you may ask yourself, who? Who's responsible for all this? Well, as much credit as I would like to get credit Pastor Mike would like to take credit, or Pastor Andrew would like to get, take credit for. It's not really us. Greater Life Church is, is made up of individuals that at some point in their lives during a difficult time trusted God and said yes to a call that may not have looked sensible, but God made something wonderful out of their faithful decision. Take a look at this video. Good morning. My name is Andrew Bird. I'm the pastor at Greater Life Church. Of course, I'm so excited that you're here today. I wanted just to start with sharing with you my story. In 2016, I was pastoring a church that Kelly and I had planted just four years earlier. We started out in an elementary school, then we moved to a high school, and then a storefront. Things were going good, but I found myself in a place where coming up on year number five, I felt stuck. I even went into prayer and I asked the Lord to show me, was I the one to lead this church called Mint Hill Community Church into the next season? If not, I wanted to get out of the way. 
I actually explored going into the military and believe it or not, I missed the cutoff by two weeks. Around that time, when I felt stuck and frustrated, a pastor that I knew in town here reached out to me. We started talking. The result of that conversation went on for nine months as we talked, and interestingly enough, it takes nine months to have a baby. We talked for nine months to consider would the Lord be calling us together? Well, I am um, happy to say that God's hand was on my feeling of being frustrated and even stuck. God had done some great things in our life and ministry. We knew God called us to Mint Hill and to this area. But in that frustration and that questioning, God showed me where he was taking us next. You see, the Holy Spirit was in all of that. Had I not been asking those questions, I maybe not have been open to what God was calling me to, which was greater things. In 2017, God brought about something that the Holy Spirit placed in my heart in 2011. One of the unique parts about my story is that my father, passed away in 2011 and I preached his funeral at a building off of Independence Boulevard in then Gar Memorial Church. I remember standing in that pulpit and the Holy Spirit telling to me, you will pastor here. Now, at that time I just felt, no, don't see it happening. I remember answering internally that call. But in 2017, specifically on Mother's Day of 2017, the Holy Spirit reminded me, showed me that this was the fruition. As Greater Life Church was born, Gar Church and Mid Hill Community Church merging together, I literally stood in that pulpit on that day as the pastor of this new church. I believe that our story as Greater Life has so many components. You're gonna hear some of those today and I want you to tune in. Maybe you'll hear your story in some of the stories of the pastors that we'll share. I can't wait to see what Pastor Moises and you guys discover today as we learn the one story of Greater Life Church. God bless. All right. So you see that in Scripture, we find David's son, Solomon, embarking on a call to build the temple. It is the first time that, that, that Israel is going to take the shot at building this temple. They end up doing it three times. All three times the temple gets destroyed. But as they lead into this first time, David wanted to build a temple, but he was chosen to fight for it, not build it. Solomon was being chosen to build the temple. We see one of the most amazing eye-opening expressions from Solomon of what it, it would take to accomplish this great task. We actually have this verse in, in our Team Route 20 here. We use it because it's such an essential verse to GLC. And that's kind of like the verse I'm going to read to you this morning. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5 to verse 7, it says, The temple I am going to build will be great. Because our God is what? Than all other gods. It says, but who is able to build a temple for him? Since the heavens and even the highest heavens cannot contain him. Who then am I to build a temple for him except as a place to burn sacrifice before him? And verse 7 says, send me therefore a man skilled to work. He goes on to tell the details of, of what that man will need to have. But, you know, 
many of us have seen and experienced at first hand that whenever Greater Life Church has had a need, if you've been around here for a while, a random individual shows up that has that skill set. As we've been praying about it, it's Wednesday night. We're like, hey guys, help us pray. We know that. And then all of a sudden, a random individual shows up and God meets the need of the church instantly. We don't know how it happens. Sometimes these people show up and they don't even realize that they have the talent of their skill set to accomplish the job that is needed here. They show up just to visit and we look at them and say, really? You know how to do this, 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 and that? That's amazing. Like in scriptures, we hardly ever see that what a person is become who God has called them to be. You constantly have people tell you, I'm just like this, I'm just like that. But God almost takes the challenge. Usually when you tell God, I'll never do this, God looks at you and says like, challenge accepted. Have you noticed that? Just so be careful when you look at God and say, I'll never. Because most of the time, God ends up calling you to something different. So we, we should kind of give us Maybe we should stop settling for who we are and start embracing who God has called us to be. Ignoring a little bit of who we think we are today and and, and allowing God to call you to be something. I'm going to ask Pastor Mike to come up here. He's going to share a little bit of his story. Um, And you'll get to hear some interesting things about Pastor Mike here as he he was led to GLC. I'm going to stand here to make sure he doesn't go over time here. No, just kidding. He won't. He won't. Because he's saying three minutes, five minutes, two minutes. So, but how long do you think Mike is going to take? It's going <laughs> to so, probably go. <laughs> two Woo! minutes, my wife. All right. Come on, Melissa. Well, actually, Moise, as you said, uh, actually, it's Friday. What is two words and, uh, that you would say about why you're here? Why, why did you end up a greater life or the calling? One story. And what came to my mind was God's timing and God's assignment, but God's timing. Uh, I think about it it is uh, beginning of 2018, my my wife Melissa and I, we have been pastoring a church in Denver, North Carolina that- Mike, who are you? I am Mike. Yes. The go pastor. Yes, yes, there you go. Missions pastor, but anyways, (laughs) the missions pastor, which you just mentioned about the missions. Yes, yes. And, uh, but I will mention, you said smart goals. So I had a smart goal, but I also had a dream goal (laughs) with matching a 400,000. I believe it's going to happen this year. Of course you do. With matching, with matching. (laughs) Andrew, Pastor Andrew always says I'm the the pusher. (laughs) And he don't have to push me. So anyways, beginning of 2018, we, we had been pastoring a, a church, uh, working at the same time. You've done that, bivocational. And uh, we had seen much impact. We were connected with the community. Uh, lives were being changed. Uh, but around, and, and in 17, we, the district had done a big push to have 10% or more be baptized in your churches. And we had seen that. Uh, but, uh, and there were tough times, uh, but, but around that time, we, we just, I know Melissa and I were both feeling a change in that atmosphere, that God was doing something, and we knew something needed to break, uh, something big needed to happen at the church or direction or something. And uh, so right around that time, it was beginning of March, uh, I get a text from Andrew, Pastor Andrew, and he says, hey, uh, give me a call. And I'm, I'm at uh, Wells Fargo, the job I was working, and I'm like, 
give you a call. And I was like, about what? <laughs> you call me, bro. You call me, bro, man. <laughs> you call me. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> give me a call. I'm like, loaded, loaded text, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he says, just give me a call. So I, I pull away from my desk, and I go to a break room, and he starts saying, hey, we, we just... Uh, we just merged last year. I think, you know, I'm still working on the team. I don't want a team just for what we got. We're building the team for greater things for the future. And I believe you and your wife would be perfect, a uh, great part of this team. And I was like, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't know what you're telling me. So long story short, uh, uh, I didn't tell Melissa I, at that point. I did not say a word. I was like, I'm going to take this to prayer. But I remembered something that a good friend of mine that in 2007 said to me. Uh, at that time, I was doing outreaches in 2007. For years, I've been doing outreaches globally, locally. And, and he said, you know, Mike, I, I really think you would be perfect uh, at a church uh, being like a missions outreach pastor. And I said, well, listen, friend, the only thing is I seldom see that other than if it's a mega, like thousands type church. And so... Uh, when I began to pray after that call and, and discussion with Pastor Andrew, that conversation from many years ago came back in my mind. And I, I started praying and thinking about it, and I was like, well, if he really means that, it would have to be in that kind of, that kind of role, assignment. And so after a couple months, I called him back. And I said, I, I, I believe um, that's the case. I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to hear God. And understand, Andrew and I, we were on staff together 20 years prior. I was a youth pastor. He was a kid pastor. And um, then we were at a, a, a church in South Carolina where we were just kind of both getting refreshed, a period. And, uh, and then we both planted churches in the similar time frame. And um, so we, Caitlin and I actually went and spied out the land. Uh, and then I brought Melissa. And I, you know what I remember? What was this? What's that? I remember when we came, uh, it was uh, one of those worship nights. Uh, I actually remember Moises and Rosie coming over and talking to, to me and saying, I believe you need to be on this team. I don't know if you remember that. It was in the really back remember. of the storefront. Wow. And I was like, no, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, as I said at the beginning, and we were talking this morning earlier, it's not a matter of you're in a tough situation, a shifting situation, a good situation. It's a matter in the spirit realm when God speaks of a direction change, that we listen to God, then we'll see greater things. Uh, I believe confirmation is, is that uh, we just came back from Honduras a few weeks ago, and I seldom see, other than a few minimal churches that have family-type trips, meaning where it's a variety of generations and, and the trip went well. I praise God. And I give God the praise and, and thank for a wonderful team. Praise God. And then as I just mentioned, you mentioned it. Listen, I believe if we look back at the first year of, of uh, Greater Life, I believe we're doing as much or close to it of what we did overall budget, what we're doing now for missions. And so I'm, I'm thankful that my family and I are at Greater Life and we're on this great team, uh, pastoral leadership team. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Let's give it up for Pastor Mike. Awesome, awesome story. It's amazing how you can see God working through a, through a person who had a ministry, who had a church, but God was up to something different. You know, a lot of times we're so focused on what's right in front of us. 
Uh, there's this saying that says we are very likely to overestimate what God will do through us in the short run. And we also are vastly underestimate what God will do through us in a lifetime of faithfulness. We tend to be so focused on the steps that we're making today, not seeing the overall plan. I was ex it was explained to me that God is on, you know, we're in the parade right up against that fence watching the floats go by. Right? And we only see the float that's here and the float that's right there. God is way up there seeing when the floats are coming from way over there and when the floats are going to end up way on this side. We, we, we hugely underestimate what God would do in our lives in, in the totality of it. Pastor Mike is, is, is kind of like a witness, and we're not done yet. You know, the things that he's seeing, God is doing some amazing things. God is up to something in our lives, and it's up to us to trust him with that divine process that comes from him. Because life is not really about the promises you make to God personally. I, I don't know about you, but I've made promises to God all my life that didn't stick. Because I'm not changed by the promises I make to God. I'm changed by the promises God makes to me. And what he's doing in me. You may say, Moises, I've been waiting a long time on that promise. It ain't happening. I don't see it coming. It's never too late to become who God has intended you to be. Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor uh, Anthony to come up here and share with us a little bit of his story. Give it up for Pastor Anthony. Good morning, everyone. Well, I'm Anthony Calvert. My wife is Sheila Calvert. And... Um, We've been chosen by God to be uh, the campus pastors for the GLC Charlotte, and we've been accepted by this great church here at Greater Life to represent you all in the east side of Charlotte. And um, I don't know a lot of things going through my mind this morning, but I thank you for this privilege, Moses. And um, my story, our story, um, I was in a clean room. I worked in quantum physics. And the Lord spoke to me and said, go to Charlotte. And simultaneously, he spoke to my wife. And um, my wife has this crazier faith than I have. <laughs> so I thought it would be smart not to tell her what God told me. <laughs> um, we had just built a house. My wife was managing a salon. And I was part of a, an entrepreneurial thing we were doing. So we had all these things we were doing. And then God told us to pastor. We started pastoring, and um, God told us to move the church to Charlotte. This was the situation we was in. And he gave us a scripture. It was Zephaniah 3 and 20. He said, um, I will make your name, I will make your name and a praise among the people. And I was like, well, God, why don't you give me that anointing for Charlotte while I'm in Minnesota? It would make things easier, but he didn't. So um, I was reluctant to do uh, uh, what it would require or to pay the wage to get here. We gave up a lot and we came. And the first church we planted was in Kannapolis, not Charlotte. The second church it was a really nice church, it was in China Grove, not Charlotte. 
And what was interesting about that church, a young man came then, he was a kids world pastor, and he came and helped us to set up our kids world at our church. And my wife and I, we allowed him to preach. I had no relationship with him really. And then the next church we would pastor would be in Concord, not Charlotte. Then finally, we pastored a church in Charlotte, and we were in a school, and then the pandemic happened. And it dissolved the church. And we were streaming for close to two years. And let me tell you, it's something about when you've been waiting on something God said for so long, and what you ask for and what you have in your hand don't match. So. As a man, I, I became very frustrated and I probably dangled on the edge of insanity because you start to drive yourself crazy. I've moved my family, I've done all these things and God, and the only two words I can think of now is a delay is not a denial. So um, waiting and I'm sure my wife probably thought I was crazy as well because I'm sure it's frustrating when husbands get to the point where we don't know what to do. And I prayed, I said, Lord, you know what? I'd be a good member somewhere. <laughs> I really would. I don't That's cause good. any trouble. That's good. I pay my tithe. <laughs> I'm, I never need to come in the office to be corrected. Me and my wife will do whatever. <laughs> and I prayed and then four days after I prayed that prayer, a man called me and I was at my wit's end. And this guy called me. He was the same guy that helped me set up my kids' world at China Grove. He was no longer a kids' world pastor. He was the lead pastor of this very fine church. And he said, let's talk. And um, he said, hey, this is what I want to do, and God wants me to help you. And he said, think about it. He gave me a week, Moses. <laughs> wow, that's a long time. <laughs> but he called me back on Wednesday. <laughs> That's so, Andrew, I, yeah. so I felt a little offended <laughs> and I'm like I haven't came to my conclusion yet and he was like no I, I'm not asking you for your answer uh, he just he said you know what I told you what we were going to do he said God also touched another man's heart and he's going to do double what we did and we really want to help you take your time <laughs> And God brought our hearts together, and I want to read this, this one scripture because this is what I believe God spoke. And God always keeps his word. And so Philippians 1 and 6, it says, being confident of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it out upon completion to the day of Christ. And so I'm here, and I'm a part of this family, and it was a tough road, and we made it. We're excited to have you, Pastor Anthony. Thank you so much for your testimony, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't wait to see what God's going to do in Charlotte with Anthony and his team. Moses, before I take my seat, one thing, though. This past <laughs> week, had the best meeting. We finally are so close to our location for our church in Charlotte. <laughs> Didn't want to forget that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you see this timing thing. I mean, Pastor Andrew is pushy, guys. All right? That guy could convince somebody. Look at Elena nodding her head. I remember the meeting with Elena. It's like, you want this, right? You don't have to pray about it. You already know. This is what you've been praying for, right? You want to do this? And, and so like, she's like, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so 
You know, but sometimes God's timing may cause us to doubt a little bit. We see that timing delayed, and, and we start to think, is this the right thing? Did I hear the right words from God? It's, is he delayed in his promises? And sometimes doubt is not the end, but the beginning of a promise. Doubting Thomas became trusting Thomas, right? And it's changed the rest of his story. The biggest expression of your free will to God, hear me, is your faith. Not what you do. You want to impress an all-knowing God? Trust Him. Even in your most difficult circumstances. In my story, I could have never imagined the connections that came together. I look back now and I see all these pieces matching one another. And I say, wow. So that happened because of this. So it was delayed because of that. Rosie and I were part of the NCAG Spanish ministry for over 10 years. The church was and still is the largest Hispanic church in the state of North Carolina. That's where we grew in ministry for the, for the Spanish community. But after 10 plus years of ministry, I'm credentialed. She's credentialed already. God has called, started to call us in a different direction. We didn't know what that was like. We talked about it, and we knew actually two years prior that God was shifting us. We just didn't know when. We knew that our time at this church was coming to an end. The sad part and the craziest part about it is we didn't know how. We didn't know exactly when. We didn't know where to. So here I am as a man looking at my wife and saying, we have to leave. She's like, when? I don't know. How? I don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. That's cool, right? <laughs> it took the pressure off for about two hours. <laughs> till she asked me again and again and again. <laughs> Just... But we knew time was up. It was an uncomfortable thing for us. I was called to leave a place I loved, I knew, for something I couldn't yet see. Not only me, but I had to leave my wife through this process. My family was at this church. My wife's family was at this church. The church didn't want us to leave. As the decision was being made, the church is like, you don't even know where you're going. Just hang around till you find out where you're supposed to go. You're not hearing fully from God. Stick around till you realize where you're supposed to go. Stay in place. In that time, I experienced fear. I started questioning all the ministries that I've done up to that point, will I just become a faithful church attender somewhere? I would believe that I would be pretty good too. Just come in on Sunday with my coffee, sit down somewhere, smile, wave at a few folks. <laughs> Don't laugh. You see me doing it. The, a place that I worked out for years. I felt like my story was kind of ending, and it had no meaning behind it. I started to visit different churches with Rosie. We went to CFA, now known Multiply. It's, a, it's, a, it's an American church, an a, a, a AG church here, one of the largest in the state. And we saw that in the story wall, they had a location in Min Hill, a church plant in Min Hill. 
We drove by a few times, and, and, and you know, it was new to us. The people greeting at the door look a little older. You know what I'm saying? So we were kind of like, I don't know. So we, 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 we drove by. We didn't stop. We drove by it and kept going. <laughs> Anthony, you didn't think I was going to say it, did you? <laughs> uh, we visited. Then we decided to visit. We're like, babe, listen, this place is, is right around our house, and we, we're feeling called to this community. This is where we've lived out for years, right? And we visited. Um, and it was good. It was a good service. Pastor Andrew preached a good sermon. I remember Donna and Kelly came up to us after the service. We're really friendly people. And then I got cornered by this guy that was obsessed about my hair. It was a little weird. He was leading a class about the five love languages, and he started, like, you know, telling me about all his love languages. And I was like, dude, I don't know that. I want to know about all that right now. So we left, and we thought, ah, maybe not. Maybe not. Then at the same time, the Hispanic ministry of Greater Life Church was, was starting to look for a location. Arturo is sitting right here in the front row with Pastor Joaquin. They were actually pursuing a, a local spot here within the community to start having church. And he, he's my wife's uncle. And he, he, he's talking to Pastor Andrew about the, the opportunities. And I guess as they were sharing in conversation, Arturo brought my name up and, and, and Rosie's name up. Like, hey, man, some people visited your church. You might want to call with this vision you got and what you want to do in the community. I think they could help you. I never met Pastor Andrew when I came in to Mint Hill Community Church that day. But I remember it like today. I had just gotten home from the store with Rosie and her family. And we were in the car and Andrew calls me. There's that call, right? I show Rosie the phone in the car. We're parked in the garage already. And Rosie looks at me and says, take it. I'll unload the things with my family. And I was like, that's a W. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that on here. I don't have that on here. <laughs> uh, I picked up the phone and Pastor Andrew had his re recruit speech ready for me. Right? He, he's a convincing guy. I picked up the phone and I was standing at my, I, 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 I had walked, walked out of my uh, garage and stood in my gravel driveway. And I remember looking up to the sky and as he's talking to me, I'm crying. He doesn't know I'm crying, of course. I'm not in the phone like, Ooh! no, I'm just like tears started coming out of my eyes. And I was like, I, I started to cry because I knew that at the time something bigger than me was happening the dots started to connect. That decision that I had made for me and my family was finally coming together. I hung up the phone with Andrew, and I, I, I walk inside, and of course, I got teary eyes, right? And, and, and Rosie's in the kitchen, putting everything up, and she looks at me, and she sees that I, you know, that I've been crying, and I, I open the door to the room and go inside, and at that moment, she said she knew, here we go, Right? Everything started to link together. A few years of ministry here at, uh, with Pastor Andrew, with the youth ministry. I, I took over the youth ministry with nine students. Began the young adult program here with Pastor Andrew. And after many years of successful ministry, we, we began to pair up and to, to see God call me to full-time ministry in 2020 here at GLC. 
the financial blessings of those secular jobs I had in ministry uh, where I worked after hours and and did all this work were finally paying off and giving me the ability to take this full-time job. A journey of over 15 years where hardly one decision meant to be helped with the other, God put together and connected it all for his plan and purpose over my life. I have good news and bad news for you today. The stories you hear and the results and these connections that you hear today cannot be self-fabricated. I don't care how hard you work, how much you try, you cannot self-fabricate your story. God is writing that, not you. The good news is that in Isaiah 51, 15, it says, For I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea, causing the waves to roar. And I'll finish with this. In, South, in Southern California, it's, it's well known for its beaches. The sport of surfing is extremely popular. Many of the schools offer physical training and education courses on how to surf. You, you take a class on surfing, you'll, you'll get to know everything you need to know about choosing the right equipment, how to use it properly, how to recognize what a surfable wave is, how to catch the wave and ride it as long as possible. And most important, how to get off the wave before you end up wiping out. What these courses never teach you is how to build your own wave. Surfing is the art of riding the wave God created. You see where I'm going with this? God makes the waves and the surfers ride the wave. No surfer tries to create a wave. If the waves aren't there that day, they just don't surf. But on the other hand, if the waves are really good, even on a stormy day, they'll ride that wave. We are constantly so focused and books and conferences teach us that, that, that we get our personal growth and the growth, of the, and the growth of the church will come on how we build our wave. And we try to manufacture God's spirit using gimmicks, programs, our own techniques. Constantly trying to marry what we want from what God has for us. Our growth cannot be produced by man. Your life experiences won't be manipulated by you. Those connections in your story won't be done by you. Only God could breathe new life into a valley of dry bones. Paul said, I planted a seed, Apollo watered it, and God made it grow. It's as simple as just wanting God just seeking God, take one step at a time. Don't seek the result of God, but instead seek God himself and you'll see your life begin to become fruitful in his purpose. You may say, Moises, you don't know my circumstances. They're tough. Well, it might be time for you to stop looking at your circumstances and start changing your perspective. A lot of times we can't control our circumstances, right? But we can't shift our perspective. You can believe that God is in your story. Can you admit today that God is still writing your book? I don't care how bad it's been and how difficult it's been. 
God is still writing your book. You want to impress God? Don't do it with your actions today. Do it with your trust. Understanding that there's still much to be said about your story. The question is not whether God is involved in our personal story. The question is, are we willing to trust him in every aspect of it? You may not be understanding the transition you're going through. Why things have happened the way they did in your life. How you've ended up in this place. But it all starts with trust. It all starts with trust. We don't have enough time here to bring everybody up to tell you the stories. I'm willing to guarantee you that in this room right now, these aren't even the most impressive stories in the house. I believe that every single individual in this room has a story. We're not fabricating waves here. God is writing your story. Amen. Bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. You give us the opportunity this morning to be part of many stories, Lord, to just hear you and in every story how you operated in each individual, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the ability to trust you, to rely on you in everything, to realize that you are more involved in our story than we think and that that story is meant to bring you praise in the long run. Thank you, God, for what you're doing for what you're going to do. We believe in it fully, and we pray all this in your name. Amen.